Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host. In the wake of all the social unrest of 2020, a group of agriculture students decided that they wanted agriculture to be involved in conversations over gender equality, diversity, and racial discrimination. The result was a five-part virtual series called AFA Bridge, Thriving Through Our Differences, put on by Agriculture Future of America. 29 students participated in the virtual discussions where they shared their own experiences and perspectives on issues like diversity hires and power and privilege in agriculture. On today's podcast, we talked to Katie Gable, AFA's Director of Programs, and two students who participated in the series, Song Yao, a junior studying animal science at Cornell, and Paul Schlotman, a South Dakota State University sophomore studying agricultural and biological engineering. First up is Katie Gable, who gives an interview of AFA Bridge and what its purpose is. Thanks for listening. Katie, before we get into AFA Bridge, which is really the, the reason why we're discussing, why we're talking mm-hmm. today, um, can you just give me a little bit, you know, for the readers, for our readers and listeners of this podcast who don't know much about it, tell me a little bit about the Agriculture Future of America program. Yeah, absolutely. So Agriculture Future of America is a leader development organization We build bridges for young leaders, and uh, we want them to foster engagement and innovation, specifically in the food and agriculture industries. And we do that through providing things like leader development workshops, uh, conferences, and career development experiences. Uh, We, over the past five years, we've seen an increase in about 28% attendance. So we are reaching students far and wide throughout the United States, and we've provided 21,000 leader development experiences um, to both college students and young professionals. And we started, this is our 25th anniversary, so super excited to be launching into this year. We started in 1996, and since then, we've reached more than 200 colleges and universities throughout 43 states. That's fantastic. And you have some pretty good colleges in that mix. I was looking up I was looking up on your website. Cornell is, is represented in there and uh, yes. a couple of the big colleges in the Midwest. Ohio State, of course, is represented in there. Can you Absolutely. T- My alma mater. Yeah, we got to give a shout out to Ohio State. There you go. There you go. I'm a Penn State guy, but I'm not going to hold okay. it against you. So, you know, don't worry about <laughs> well, it. We, we're also represented by Penn State. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I know that. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Um, but can you tell me, you know, a, a lot of experience is there give me give me some examples of some of the experiences that that AFA actually leads yeah absolutely well I'd start with our our biggest conference which is our leaders conference it takes place every fall in Kansas City and that brings together this past year we had about 800 to 900 students in attendance and that was a virtual uh, conference but brings together about 900 students and about 200 industry professionals for a three-day experience. Our students uh, when they attend the leaders conference can expect to be in a specific track or kind of a, a a guided uh, programming opportunity based on their year in school. And they are guided through professional development workshops, 
networking opportunities, and really have a lot of time to visit, learn more about each other uh, as peers and future colleagues in the industry, but also have an opportunity to visit with amazing industry professionals throughout all, all agriculture and food sectors. So tell me a little bit about AFA Bridge, because within AFA, mm-hmm. there is this very unique program you did called AFA Bridge Thriving Through Our Differences. And, yeah. uh, and it was a virtual experience that you actually put on. I, it was this winter, am I correct? You put it on this winter? So That's can, correct. Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about that and tell me a little bit about the genesis of the program? Yeah, absolutely. And and I will say that I started at AFA in late August. And so some of these pieces were already kind of uh, moving and, and people's wheels were turning about how do we provide programming and how do we not just put out a message and say, this is what we believe and stand behind regarding respect and inclusion, um, but really show action to our students. And our students were the impetus for the Bridge series. So back in, in June and July, um, some of our student leaders, we have student ambassadors who are kind of collegiate representatives, and we have student leaders who really help guide um, and advise for the leaders conference. They contacted us and reached out specifically to our CEO and said, we, we really want to do something here. We want to help guide this conversation and we want to see AFA be a thought leader in this, in this work of DEI. There's a lot happening in this country. We're feeling disconnected. We want to come together and we want to take some action here. DEI, so, what does that stand for? What, what, what does that stand yes, for? yes. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay, got it. Yes, yes. And um, at AFA, we use the, the acronym R&I, um, so respect and inclusion. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the world that we live in with our student leaders and our students. And so the impetus really, really came from them. And they said, this is, this is what we want to see. We want uh, not just another webinar. We want to have discussions with thought leaders in the field, but also with each other around this topic. And we want it to be a topic, not just broadly speaking to diversity, equity, and inclusion, but we wanted to be specific to the agriculture and food industry. Like, what are the things that we might be grappling with when we enter as young professionals? Mm-hmm. And what are some of those maybe uncomfortable conversations that we can expect? Mm-hmm. And so AFA it was really uniquely positioned to offer tools and resources to students. So we approached the Bridge Series as this opportunity to give students Uh, a different topical area of focus uh, once a week for five weeks. Mm -hmm. And within those, they had the opportunity to practice some of these uncomfortable conversations. And then they were armed with some of the tools and resources as far as how to carry this forward into their own everyday uh, world of work if they're in an internship or they're looking at coming up on graduation and being young professionals, but also into their collegiate experience. Really interesting. Um, it's safe to say that that the that what we experienced in 2020 beyond the pandemic, of course, with Black Lives Matters and all this everything that was going on socially in this country, um, is it safe to say that a lot of that really influenced this? 
Absolutely, it did, 100%. And I think the students, and like I said before, we are working with young leaders, and they they took the lead here, and they stepped up and said, here's, here's what we, we desire. You know, we want to have these conversations, and we want AFA to help us have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And so it, we really listened to their needs and sat down and designed a program that would really help them grow in their competency around uh, cultural awareness, cultural EQ is what we call, we call that competency at AFA. And it really stemmed from, I would say, the culmination of all of the events of last year, Black Lives Matter, uh, the election, the pandemic, uh, having students feel kind of isolated and unable to have these conversations. Interesting. What topics were actually covered in the program? Yeah, well, we had a wonderful co-facilitator, and he and I worked with uh, my team at AFA to reach out to students to ask them, hey, we've got some ideas, but what do you, what do you want to hear? What do you want us to focus on? And so some of the students responded and, and gave us some really great insight. We started with a topic of uh, the history of land grants. Many of our students, being agriculture students, uh, are currently studying at land-grant institutions. Mm -hmm. And so we started with a conversation around um, kind of the historical premise of land grants and um, whether those institutions are racist. We also talked about whether white women should be considered in diversity hires and our facilitator had a, a topic called blank diversity, which is this uh, this idea that um, you kind of fill in the blank with a diversity. And really, instead of saying just diversity, getting very specific about what we mean when we talk about diversity in agriculture. Mm-hmm. And, and then we wrapped up on um, the last two weeks really focused on power and privilege in agriculture, who holds the power, again, tracing some of that back to historical roots. Um, And then the last week really focused on the term allyship Mm -hmm. and how being an ally is, is an action verb. And we really kind of, it's a call to action and what that means for us individually and who we can impact um, with this concept of being allies in in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Really hard hitting topics you covered in this program. I mean, th- these are these are really really hard hitting topics, and in a lot of ways, you know, I can definitely see where these sort of conversations would be uncomfortable for a lot of people. I mean, how are you? Absolutely. How are you able? <laughs> of course, the program is the Bridge Program. So, how are you able to actually? You know, I'm sure that that these partic- you know, these students all had different views on this. How were you able to actually bridge the different views and actually get a, an honest conversation going? Such a great question. Uh, we had 30 students come together from all over the United States. Uh, some, I would say, were. You know, all were very interested in this topic. They self-selected to sign up for this. And so they knew walking in, here were some of the topical areas and that this would be a heavy dialogue-based program. So they would get out of it 
as much as they would put into it. And we had a very intentional design in how we stepped into this. So rather than making it kind of a webinar where they just tuned in and listened to a facilitator give them information, um, we designed intentional breakout rooms. Our staff at AFA were amazing and helped to uh, really lead and co-facilitate those conversations in the breakout rooms. So we actually went through a, a training and did some prep work on our part as staff to ensure that all students felt included and comfortable in those spaces, or at least a little bit uncomfortable enough for them to grow and, and progress in that cultural competency piece. Um, we also modeled for them. So the, the facilitator, either the facilitator and I would model kind of what an uncomfortable conversation would look like, mm -hmm. or the facilitator had other staff. And then by the end, even some of the students were volunteering to model what some of the uncomfortable conversations could look like. Mm -hmm. So we we kind of prepped students, uh, said, here's your topic. And we were very intentional about, about sharing with students that sometimes we don't get the opportunity to pull up Google and say, okay, what are the, the most recent statistics on uh, white women hires in agriculture and food industries versus uh, people of color? Mm -hmm. And so the idea of prepping is that we often enter conversations that are uncomfortable because we can't take the time to necessarily do all the research we want to. Mm -hmm. And so how do we uh, step into those with curiosity and not judgment? Mm -hmm. And so that was really kind of the design of the program. And it was so successful that uh, we originally had four weekly meetings planned and our students said, we want to come together for a fifth and final meeting just to ask questions and really dig in more deeply to some of these topics. Sure. What was that fifth meeting like? I mean, it sounds like the fifth meeting was sort of like a sort of like a wrap-up type deal. So what was that fifth meeting like? I mean, for, for the person that sort of was on the outside looking in. It was, there were moments where I had goosebumps just to hear, first of all, how comfortable the students were sharing with each other and with us about their own lived experiences in this space. Um, some students shared, you know, with their, their identities, how difficult it was to navigate some of these things. Others shared, hey, I'm taking up this call to action and I want to bring this back to my university. How can I do that? I'm super energized by this and I want to keep the momentum going. Mm -hmm. And then the questions really dug into some of these critical areas, the, the history of land grants and how do we find out more? So the students really achieved that, that goal of showing up, being curious, and leaning into the conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had. I'm sure you had. Um, you know, a lot of really good dialogue with each of these topics. Is there one that really, out of the topics that were covered, is there one that really stood out that really you think created you know a, a lot of dialogue between between the students? I there are two that come to mind, and I would say the the history of land grant institutions was one that really stood out. Um, Having a graduate degree in higher education, um, I I knew some of these things, and I had learned some of these things, you know, from an academic perspective. But sitting in this space and watching our facilitator and watching him work with our students who are learning this material for the first time, 
and hearing them go to their own university websites or researching their own universities and, and the history of their founding, that was really striking. Mm -hmm. And that was something that stuck with the students throughout the rest of the series. They kept referencing back to, hey, I found this thing on my institution's website. Or uh, one example was um, that some, some institutions have on their website an acknowledgement, a land acknowledgement, um, you know, the indigenous and First Nations people who lived on that land and others didn't. And so students were really taking this up to say, wow, how do I fit into this space and what's my role in, in changing this and moving this forward. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that was so impactful and mostly because that was something that carried throughout the five weeks. Students kept referencing back to that. Yeah. So how do you think, how do you think, you know, participating in discussion like this will help these students later on in life as they become future leaders, as they join, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully, you know, if they become a farmer or if they, you know, join agribusiness, how do you think having and participating in a program in a program like this will be able to help them in the future? Yeah, absolutely. That ultimately is really our objective of all of our programs is with that future in mind for our students. And we at AFA sit at such a unique position where we are constantly chatting and, and having great conversations with our industry leaders around the, the the competencies that we work to develop with mm -hmm. the students um, and respect and inclusion or cultural competency or DEI, wh whichever term that, that you use, this is something we're hearing from our industry partners as the most important thing mm -hmm. on their minds right now. And so when we get that feedback from industry, in turn, we, we turn to the students and say, okay, this is our role and our opportunity to prepare you all for that piece. But more broadly, we are all, no matter what, what world of work we land in, we all uh, will have opportunities to sit in a conversation that is uncomfortable or will be asked something about especially in agriculture, how do you feel about that thing? Mm -hmm. you know, fill in, whatever that thing is, fill in the blank. Um, or what is your stance on this thing? And that can get uncomfortable very quickly. And so our goal was really for the students to have tools to navigate these conversations so that they can be impactful communicators and effective in whatever space they land in as young professionals. Sure, sure, sure. And, you know, um, and I'm kind of curious for the, for the students who are participating, who are minorities and, and you yes. had, you had several that were minorities and I was looking at the, I was looking at the, the information that was sent to me. You had several who were actually minorities. Um, mm -hmm. How about for them? I mean, how about for, I mean, what sort of feedback did you get from them from actually participating in this? I think it, it allowed all students to come together and share around their identity in an honest way. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically for the students of color, I think there was a lot of validation in the information that was being shared, the, the historical knowledge around land-grant institutions, mm -hmm. the conversation around whether white women should be considered diversity hires. I think these were things that um, the feedback we got from students, these are things that they've 
many of them have thought about before. Um, and it allowed a space for them to have a voice and say, here's, here's what I believe and here's what I think and here's my lived experience with this. And I think alternatively, we had, um, we had students who identify as white come into this space and say, I've never had the opportunity to hear from a student who identifies differently either racially or with a eth different ethnic background than myself. Mm -hmm. And it enabled them to have those conversations as well. Now for the student perspective. And I talked to Ansang Yaw and Paul Schlotman, two students who participated in the program, about their involvement and what they took away from the conversations. So we have two participants in AFA's Bridge program here. We have Paul David Schlotman. And Paul, can you tell me where you're where you're calling from today? Yes, currently I'm calling from home in Sioux City, Iowa. Right now I'm on spring break. And we also have Onsong Felicia Yao. Onsong, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, wonderful Onsong. Where where are you calling from today? I'm actually calling from Ithaca, New York, and um, our school kind of canceled our spring break. <laughs> So we only had two wellness day in the past, and then today we just hop right in, right back into our class. So, so you both, Paul and Alsong, you both participated in the Bridge program. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, can you tell me before I ask you specific questions about that? Let let give my listeners an idea of your backgrounds. Paul, what's your background? Yeah, sure. So. I'm originally from the Sioux City, Iowa area. I grew up here and went to school in a small town just to the north of Hinton, Iowa, which is just a small farming community. So there I grew up, spent some, um, was actually involved in scouting and FFA, and as well as with my family farm and some friends' farms as well. So I had some experience in the farming community and just be had doing a lot of different community service activities and such. So that's led me to pursuing a degree in agricultural engineering at South Dakota State University, where I'm currently at now. So, Okay, wonderful. And what year are you? I'm currently a sophomore. Okay, great. Onsong, how about you? Give me a little bit of, uh, give, give my listeners an idea of, of where you come from. Yeah, sure. So um, right now I'm a junior I'm studying animal science at Cornell University. And um, you know, just right at the start, at the beginning of this year, I actually wanted to also minor in informational science and data, specifically concentrating in data science. And um, originally, I was born in New York City, but when I was two years old, I went to China to study abroad and then um, came back to New York City until I was 14 years old, which is the start of my high school year. So, um, and after high school, I you know stay here for college and um but before college since i was like growing up in cities um even though when i was in china i also was growing up in cities so i didn't have any prior experiences regarding agriculture and i applied for animal science thinking that animal science is about you know the study of animals but after i get into college uh, i realized that it's you know more about a large animal and that you know how the food system is um, kind of impacted by the animal, agriculture animal, domestic animal. And that's why uh, as I get more and more familiar with it, I, you know, fell in love with being more involved in agriculture industry. You know, I asked you these, I asked you these questions, guys, and I sort of set this up. 
for the simple fact that, you know, I mean, you talk about being very different. You two come from very, very different backgrounds. Coming into this bridge program and participating in it, um, you know, I was talking, I was talking, um, I was talking to the facilitator the other day, and some of the topics that were covered in this program, um, you know, I could definitely see one either having discomfort or uneasiness about discussing some of these topics. I'll start with you, Paul. You know, how did you how did you handle that going into each individual topic? Was there one that that stood out to you that that sort of you know, you, you sort of, um, looking back at it, thought to yourself going into it, yeah, I mean, I, that's going to be a little bit uneasy for me or, or a little uncomfortable for me, but I'll try it out anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a great question. I think all the different topics, I think, that's once we got into it, I really started to see more of just the safe space and safe culture that was brought on to the atmosphere. And so I wasn't really... I'm not concerned about any of them. I just saw each one as an additional opportunity to really kind of learn more about how the people kind of perceive different aspects of um, different aspects of ag culture and how it's how diversity is included in that. I think it was always it's always just a new feel and just kind of being able to see how someone else may perceive it and how that can be very different from my own. Just growing up in small town Iowa and being because I didn't have as much didn't have as much diversity perspective in my life. So it's a great great opportunity to be able to see that and be able to understand how those people kind of perceive what they're seeing. That way it really helps me to not only understand that, but then be able to communicate with, with them and relate to them in that way as well, for sure. How about you, Wonsong? Was there did you did you come into any of these discussions with any sense of discomfort or uneasiness and, and how did you handle that going into each of these each of these um, virtual discussions? So personally, I actually felt kind of challenged and very nervous when, you know, during this first session, when we dive right into, like, the history of the Langren Act. And then as I, you know, seriously didn't have any knowledge or prior experiences regarding this topic, and I didn't think that the history of racism is that close to our student life. So, like, in the first session, as more and more students put on their knowledge with, you know, Langren Act or history, American history, I felt that I've been like missing this part of the story without knowing its importance before. So also due to my identity and background, for a moment I kind of feel distant from the others in the conversation. As I feel like, you know, all the um, Caucasian and African American students know a lot about this topic. But then uh, as the session goes on, um, well, then, uh, people are teaching about uncomfortable conversation it really encouraged me to approach the feeling differently so instead of being silent about this sensitive topic i learned how to be like more open to others regarding how i didn't have knowledge but i'm open to learn ask uh, the right question and share related experiences and, and um so after that i think i'm more comfortable in handling these kind of feelings and conversations regarding other similar topics Paul, did any of these, obviously, all, all these topics that you discussed were, were, you know, definitely of significant importance to all of you. Um, I think it's safe to say in significant importance to a lot of people, you know, around the world. But, you know, I mean, out of the discussions you actually had, were, were there maybe one or two that really stood out to you that, you know, looking back at it now, you know, you still think about and you still have to you know, sort of think about the ideas that, that were that were brought on by some of the other members of the group? Yeah, I'd say the ones that 
really stood out the most to me, I guess, would probably be the ones that were um, focused on, especially like diversity within institutions and some of the land grant university. Um, uh, let's see, diversity background that they talked about. I think those two were both ones that I really didn't um, branch into or know much about before. And I found both of them very interesting in, in just the history that was there and the work that was there to be done as well and some of the advocacy that it could do for that. And so I've taken both of those and in my fraternity of Sigma Phi Epsilon, we do something called Saturday Night Club where about a Saturday once, once a month, we go out in, in the Brookings community in South Dakota and we go out to a restaurant and we sit down, eat a meal together. We just have, just have intellectual conversation about different topics. And one of those that we just started up with was about diversity within institutions and just talking with my brothers about that and kind of seeing their perspective and kind of able to kind of bring in some tools and resources that I learned from the Bridge series and bring, bring that and kind of incorporate that into some of those discussions as well. So I found a lot of value from that um, from that awareness that I've gained and that perspective I've been able to see from the series for sure. Sure. Yeah, Anstang, you also you also touched on the land grant uh, portion of this, and and uh, you know, were, were there any other topics in the were there any other topics in the in the series that really you know stood out to you, and and you know something that you really look back on now that that, that really stayed with you? Yeah, I think aside from the land grant uh, topic, which is the history that you know I feel like it was very important for me because I was kind of. Feel like I'm, I was missing the last piece of, piece of puzzle regarding the uh, the situation, but I was also surprised that you know the ag industry also recognizes the, the the breach between traditional ag and unconventional ag agriculture. So like and how that have been causing some uh, conflicts in the field, and you know people are actually trying to fix it. So, for example, me, I would say that I, uh, different from traditional ag, I come from an unconventional agriculture background. And sometimes when we are working together, uh, people from the unconventional ag may be feeling a little bit uh, uh, anxious because due to, you know, us not being involved in, for example, FFA or 4-H program or growing up from a family farm. However, I think from the conversation that AFA Bridge series guide us to, um, I think, uh, I can see that people are trying to understand each other, and then people are trying to be more open in this era uh, to, to get more collab uh, collaboration happens and get more interdisciplinary collaboration happens. So, uh, again, I'll start with Paul here. One of the topics, Paul, that I saw in the series was, uh, was becoming allies for diversity, equity, inclusion, and engagement in agriculture. Um, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that's certainly a mouthful. There's a lot to take in into that particular subject. You know, I, I guess, you know, having, having gone through that discussion, having gone through this program, how do you see yourself now as an ally for, for diversity, equity, and inclusion and engagement in the industry? And, uh, you know, you had said that, you had said that, you know, that there's a program that you do with your, with your fraternity brothers. How else? How else do you think that you can actually apply what you learned, you know, hopefully to your continued uh, prospects in college and later in uh, later, um, you know, when you get a job? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot. I think a lot of the 
um, diversity, equity, inclusion, engagement, all that to me all, all talks about unity. And in unity, that's, t that's something that, to me, I relate to that very well in teamwork and be able to lead others and unite others in the common vision, common purpose. And in agriculture, a common purpose very much so is to feed our world, our ever-growing world. And I think a lot of what I learned here in this series just really opens my eyes to the to much of to not only um, not only to the minority group who doesn't have that background in agriculture or who doesn't have that experience to help me better relate to those people and better unite those people and help them to understand what's going on with agriculture. And I think that will serve me very well in my long-term career in engineering because in engineering you not only need to design a product that gives a good solution, we also need to be able to effectively communicate its purpose, its design, its functionality to our common people to help them understand what it's for and what its purpose is. Because without doing that, its purpose and perspective can often get skewed or misconcepted and not be very well welcomed by society. And you see that a uh, big example of that, you could say, could be genetically modified organisms. And just and how a lot of that is can be skewed by different um, by our society, and just how that's all perceived. Um, I think another big takeaway for me was just is really going back to the golden rule of just treating others the way that that you that you feel you should be treated, or just giving that respect towards other people. So I think because I'm one of the Christian faith, and I know I believe that everyone is created by God's design, and we're all God's God's children. In that, and just treating us all equally in that, and just treating everyone the way that I feel I should be treated, or just with that equal respect, and not treating someone more favorably because of anything about them. We're all the same in God's image. So, sure. How about you, Ansan? Did you want to answer? Did you want to go ahead and, and say something about that? You know, how you can become an ally for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how you can apply that. You know, in your college studies, and then. Hopefully later down the road, if you if you get a job in the ag industry. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I was pretty uh, uh, happy to, to hear that you know Paul is also having like this thing. I I just want to bring up you know in the bridge series, I was kind of surprised that eighty three percent of the student participating are identified as Caucasian student, while I thought you know the bridge series were more. Uh, we be composed of more students from the minority group that's joining the session. So I think diversity, and I think, uh, in my opinion, you know, diversity and inclusion is not only about one specific group of minority students, but about you know all different kinds of minority students in the agriculture. For example, Asian American, um, of course, African American students, and uh, other Spanish students, and all different kinds of you know Hispanic students. And um, you need to be acknowledging that um, bringing by bringing different perspectives and bringing people from different backgrounds, we can actually gather more interdisciplinary expertise to promote a better future for our the country's food system. And we have to also, you know, build a bridge between traditional and unconventional agriculture through, you know, uh, to ask people to be more open and to be more understandable of each other. Yeah, I think that that would be my uh, main takeaway or um, my main point of being an ally of diversity. So Paul and Ansung, have either one of you, you know, participating in the, in, in the series, I mean, did, did, I, did, did, you, did you two actually have any conversations about each other's backgrounds? I mean, did you two actually get to know each other? 
I did hear a lot when Paul was like answering some of the facilitators' question, and but I think we didn't have like direct interaction or one-on-one interaction with each other. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say kind of indirectly in a way with the, a lot of the main session, but not necessarily directly and personally. So let me just ask you. I mean, and this is kind of be, going to be a fun question. Okay, so we'll just have a little bit of fun with this. Um, and we'll start with Paul. Paul, if, if you had an opportunity to actually um, visit with Ansong, she's from Cornell, she goes to Cornell University, great university, by the way, great ag university, so I'll, I'll give him that. Um, and she's in New York State, but she comes from New York City. You know, if you had a chance to actually visit with Ansong, what sort of things would you like to ask of her? What, what would you be really interested in, in learning from her? I think she brings a very unique perspective on not only the agricultural industry being in New York, but also being being able to go to China and see those multi -diff those different cultures as well. So I'd really love to be able to not only hear more of kind of what the agricultural community is like in an area like New York, but also just kind of hearing about kind of those different cultural aspects and how agriculture and it and the industry is different between not only just a different part of the United States, but also in a different part of the world as well. Because for me, I've never traveled outside of the United States. And just being able to have, kind of hear more about that and hear that perspective would be very, would be very cool to me. And just being able to kind of hear more about how it's perceived, how it's used. We kind of hear more about know, the machines that they use and just kind of being able to learn more about that for sure. Okay, Onsung, so if Paul invites you out to South Dakota, or excuse me, to Sioux City, if he invites you out to Sioux City, um, what are some of the things that you would really be interested in asking him and learning from him? If I'm able to visit Paul, um, since I know Paul is more uh, uh, related to traditional agriculture and have more, definitely have more uh, agriculture experiences uh, than me even before college, so I would like to ask, um, other than his opinion regarding diversity, um, what about his surrounding people's opinion about diversity and how uh, people are, you know, um, receiving the concept of diversity and inclusion this, uh, in, in this era and um, what are the, I guess, what are the, what, what is, knowing how accepted people will be regarding, you know, like people from different background as me. Okay, so 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 it sounds like so it sounds like knowing how people are affected by current, knowing how people are affected by by the current things that are going on in society. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh no, I'm just saying that knowing how um, people from traditional ag we perceive of people from unconventional agriculture. Um, okay, I got you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misheard you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go, but, you know, just out of curiosity, I mean, is there anything else that, that you'd like to add, either one of you would like to add about about the experience, anything else you took away from that we didn't, that we didn't cover yet? Yeah, I think uh, the last thing I'd just like to add is that I think the experience with the Bridge Series and AFA was one that was very valuable, and it's a conversation that um, doesn't happen very often, especially in today's society, about many different topics that can be difficult for people to talk about. I think it's very important for us to engage in those difficult conversations and be able to connect and understand one another. So I definitely highly encourage other people, especially college students alike, to be able to do their part in engaging in those types of conversations and be able to understand others and their perspective and their background as well.
Okay, how about you, Ansan? Yeah, I guess um, as an Asian American woman trying to, you know, uh, you know, further go along with, uh, I mean, further go along in the agriculture industry, I think, um, you know, sometimes due to my appearance, appearance or my uncertainty of, you know, how people are perceiving us, uh, you know, coming from an unconventional background, would be very anxious and scary sometimes. But then after the bridge series, I think I can see people's openness regarding diversity and inclusion. And I think I will try to also be an advocate for minority in our culture and promote more bridging and connection activities between two different, these two different people. For more on Agriculture Future of America and AFA Bridge, click on the links at the bottom of the show page. Also, I wrote a story on the program, and you can find it at AmericanAgriculturist.com. That's AmericanAgriculturist.com. I'm Chris Torres. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.